I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning, wherever in the world you may be. It may be even evening or it may be well into Sunday. As always, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for making My EdTech Life what it is today. And of course, we couldn't do or have the success that we have if it isn't for amazing listeners, amazing audience such as yourself and amazing friends and part of our personal learning family. Thank you as always. And I am really excited, hyped up, highly caffeinated. It may sound like two as well, (laughs) but I am ready to go today because I am excited to talk to Mr. Jordan Orozco, who's joining us today all the way from the West Coast. So over there, I mean, it's 7 a.m. And I just want to thank you for joining us here early this morning. But I'm just excited because I get to nerd out with one of my favorite things, which is math and math talk. And I'm just excited to hear what you're doing and also how you're making math viral. So I am excited to get this conversation going. So Jordan, how are you this morning? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. I super, super appreciate it. It's my first podcast, so I'm excited. I was like, heck yes, I'll jump on this. Why not? Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It's 7 a.m. on a Saturday, and I'm a little caffeinated too. I drank my coffee already. I got water. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Jordan, I'm really excited. Like I said, I, you know, and I just want to just give a brief background as far as how I came, you know, or stumbled, I guess I would say, upon your profile and everything, yeah. you know, as I'm scrolling through, t- uh, actually, it was TikTok. Okay. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, this, this, this math teacher here is using math manipulatives and wait a minute. And it's not elementary. And immediately yeah. I sent that TikTok video to our content math specialist. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, check this out. I was like, if he can do it in high school or in the upper grades, why can't our high school and upper yeah. grades do this? So we were just thrilled and after that i just saved all your videos i kept yeah. sharing it with them and now we use that as an example in our district oh. and so wow that's, yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah so i just want to let you know that i was really excited and it caught my eye and my attention yeah. so i immediately that same day i know i reached out yeah. to you yeah, immediately you <laughs> said, hey, hey can you be on the show can you be yes. on the show so Absolutely. now i'm really excited that you're yeah. here today but yes. before we we get into that conversation, Jordan, give us a little brief introduction about yourself uh, and your yeah. context in education so we can get this going. Yeah, I am uh, Jordan Roscoe. You know, I live in the uh, East Bay area of California. I was born and raised here and lived all my life here and just love the community that I'm a part of. Um, I've sp- This is my fifth year teaching um, in high school, and I actually teach at the same high school that I attended. Um, so it's really fun to be connected to my community in that way. And I always, um, well, I don't know if I always knew I wanted to go back and teach there, but definitely once I got my credential and knew I wanted to move back home, um, I was like, I, I, where else am I going to teach if not the high school that I went to, you know, so go Wolverines because I love that school. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been teaching for five years, but I've actually been in education now. Uh, I have to do some math. I'm like probably 11 years at this point. Um, so I've been teaching for five, um, but I was, the, the other six years, I was um, an instructional assistant, actually. 
um, for special ed and resource classes. And that's sort of how I got into um, teaching and education. And so I really enjoyed that time because uh, first I got to sub as an instructional aide and kind of got to hop around all the schools in the district and really all the grade levels. So I've actually taught in preschool and elementary and middle school and now high school. Uh, and I've kind of seen like that whole evolution of going through um, all those different grade levels. And I think it was super, super helpful in getting me to where I am now, you know, because because without that, um, I don't know if I would be half as decent as I am now. <laughs> you know what, but this is what I love. What you just said is that you have been able to see all different lenses, all different mm -hmm. areas. And I think that that really gives you that expertise in that now that you're at high school, you yep. saw the value add that manipulatives, concrete, yeah. pictorial, abstract model can have for our students. So yep. I'm just really excited about that and the work that you're doing because, you know, for many like even myself, you know, growing up thinking, well, I'm not a math person. Yeah. I've never yeah. been a math person. And until I started working with our content math specialist and he right. brought out, and that's because, you know, I came in teaching algebra coming in from mm -hmm. business, but I taught it, it the way I was taught. And it was yeah. just strictly yeah. all algorithm, all algorithm, yeah. all yeah. algorithm. Just that and plug I, and chug, put the numbers in, just do it. Yeah, not really even understanding what you're doing, but just, you know, do do as I do, follow this procedure and yes. just get you out. Yeah, yeah. And sense. you know what? The, the biggest impact was moving into this position as an instructional technologist and mm. having that experience from high school math and then elementary math as well. And then coming into this position and our content math specialist being a huge advocate of the concrete pictorial abstract yeah. model, a lot of research-based with that and then he started kind of showing me things and I was like you know I honestly like at that split moment my first year meeting him I really said you know what I I felt like I did a disservice to my students yeah. because like you said it was plug and chug do yeah. do as I do and that's it but yeah. they were they had no concept of number sense and understanding yeah. Yeah. why we're doing these yeah things. the why yeah yeah, and I and when I first started teaching at my high school, I was in the same boat too. It was like I just want to, you know, yeah, do as I do. Like I, I, I know how to do this. I know why it works. I know why, you know, we have a function and we're throwing in an input, we're getting an output, like we're combining x's, all this stuff. Like it makes sense in my brain. So why doesn't it make sense in yours? And no, we're not gonna. I don't want to spend the time, you know, reviewing all that stuff because it's like let's just do it. Um, but I will say when I started, we used this book. Um, it's called CPM at my school and we had this coordinator, her name was Gail. So shout out Gail, cause she uh, made me learn. And my, I'll say my mentor teacher, Maria as well. Um, both of them kind of made me, gave me these tiles and kind of forced me to learn it and really helped me understand like how these tiles could be super helpful for them. And that is what I think helps me now. And, and for me to understand, it was coming like you said, like in a different way with it. like. Oh, I, I mean, I get it. I know how it works. My brain is a I, is a mathy brain. I, it just clicks for me. But for some of these kids, it doesn't. And so, um, trying to go at a different angle with it. And if it's using these tiles, which some people might say is you know childish, and let's oh, that's meant for elementary school, you know, counting tiles and stuff. But it's not childish if it helps them understand algebra. It's like a stepping stone. If that's what the little crutch they need to get there. And let's do it. Why not? You know, it's not going to waste any time as long as we can. You know, at least the kids understand. Um, yeah. what they need to know you know and and you hit on something there that i really like too as well you the thought that these tiles these manipulatives are seen as childish yet our textbooks have illustrations and pictures yeah. of it 
And yet teachers still don't make that yeah. connection because yeah. it's like, well, and, and, and they're like, well, no, that doesn't work. I was like, but wait a minute. The, the, the people writing these textbooks are mm -hmm. experts in their field. They're showing you a picture of manipulative. So let's make that connection and, and let's, let's bring these out, even though they may be paper or if they're the actual yeah. physical manipulatives and so on. So oftentimes that it, that's the conversation that we have. It's like, well, I don't need them. Those are too childish. They need to, number one, I've heard. No, they need to memorize their their times yeah. tables. They need to mm -hmm. go through their times tables. And why isn't this already done by the time I get them? Now I'm doing their work and that's not the way it should be. And I need to continue on and on. And the thing is with the tiles, like you said, it really does make that connection. The students are visually seen. And then when you see those light bulbs go off yeah. like continually, yeah. I'm like, they get it. They get yeah. it. And they're going to take that with them because yeah. they've kind of mastered that skill. So. Yeah. What has been your experience, like you said, as, as teaching and, and using the manipulatives? Can you explain to me maybe what you, your experience was the first time you learned about these yeah. and started using them? Definitely. And then the first time <laughs> you brought them out. Yeah. So walk me through that experience. Yeah. I'm no, I will say up front, I'm no expert in these tiles. I, even this year, I hadn't used them probably in two years because I was only teaching geometry for a bit. And then this year I went back to teaching algebra one. Um, first month, we decided that, you know, we're going to hit them with the fundamentals. We want to make sure we have like a full month of pre-algebra review just to make sure that everything we're building at the rest of the year, right, is based off of combining like terms and and solving one step, two step equations. And um, I had to go to my mentor teacher, Maria, and I was like, I forgot how to use these again. Like, it's been a minute and you need to like get a refresher, you know. And so, um, yeah, so I kind of came upon them on that. And the first time I actually taught with them, I didn't think that they were effective. And that might have been because of me teaching with them, because I don't think I was as comfortable with them as I uh, needed to be <laughs> for my students. And that, you know, first year teaching is always super rough. So that's just, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will say now, um, using them in my class, we've used them for about a month. And at this point, we've sort of kind of phased them out. The, the goal is to not rely on the tiles the entire school year. It's not to always bring them out um, um, for any little thing we're doing. Um, but initially, right after summer vacation, their brains are kind of not as fresh as they need to be. And when we're reviewing these concepts, it's just really helpful to give them a tactile, hands-on, manipulative to use on their desk to visually see. And for some students, it clicks really quick and their brains got it. And then they're like, Mr. Roscoe, I don't, I don't want to use the tiles anymore because every day I'm like, grab the tiles, get your bag. Cause I have, I have my bag right here full of tiles. <laughs> I'm like, grab your bag of tiles. Let's go. We got to, you know, we got to use them out, you know, make the expression. And, and then they, they start to resist cause they're like, I don't need it. And I'm like, well, great. That's, that's the point. We don't, we don't want you to use the tiles all the time, but they're there if you need it. And I said, I do have some people, uh, some students today. Um, that we had a test last week who wanted a bag of tiles. And I was like, fine, that's it. If you need it, use it. Because it's not a cheating tool at all. It's a way to help them access that level of curriculum that we're trying to get them to. Yeah, and unfortunately, like you mentioned, like some, um, you know, some students don't know their times tables. They don't know those things that we need them to know, like right off the bat. And at this point, at, at, at in my class, at my high school level, where we're trying to get them to get to Algebra 1, we can't just, I can't spend a week on times tables. You know, I can't spend, luckily this year, we decided to give a month towards reviewing pre-algebra to help them. But normally we can't spend that time because we're trying to get them to access a higher level of math, you know? And I think that that might be, I actually had a conversation with 
um, one of my teachers um, uh, this past week about that and how th that it's kind of like a self-perpetuating problem where the kids come into the math class, they don't know their times tables, they don't know their fractions, they don't know absolute value or number line. And so the teachers spend time on that instead of actually teaching the curriculum that they're supposed to be teaching. And so then what happens is they're still focusing on that, you know, that, that fourth, fifth, third grade math, and the kids still aren't getting it, but then they're not learning the new stuff that they need to be learning. And at this point in my class, it's grab tiles, grab a calculator. I need you to just punch those in because I'm trying to teach you about functions and graphing quadratic equations and, you know, it, moving up that ladder of math. And we unfortunately just can't stay at that base level the whole year <laughs> yeah because we probably would be the whole year <laughs> yeah but again going back to what you're saying and and kind of like our little pre-chat earlier it's really that vertical alignment is so important mm -hmm. and understanding that just because you're a fourth grade teacher doesn't mean that you don't have to worry about you know quadratics and functions yeah. and all of that because you're building on that foundation yeah. as you yeah. continue to build up and up and the conversations have been you know, high school teachers are like, what's going on? You know, what? because when they get to high school, it's like they can't do this. They can't do yeah. this. They can't do this. Well, because it's all foundational and you have elementary teachers that'll say, well, that's not my problem. Let them fix it in high school. But yeah. our content math specialist is the one that has to go in there and fix it <laughs> yeah. in high school yeah. and fix yeah. those issues. So, you know, to me, that's what it kind of sounds like that when the students get to you, obviously, there have been a couple of gaps there. Yeah. And then, you know, you still have to put your your part of it to continue moving yeah. it forward. And there's definitely a stigma, too, with math. Like uh, pe people are OK with the idea of like, oh, I suck at math. Like, I'm not good at it. Oh, well, mm -hmm. let's move on. But no one ever says like, oh, I suck at reading or I suck at writing. So I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to make an effort. It's like, no, you 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 work on those skills. Right. We don't. Th that's that's an area where we focus a lot of attention on. And we're like, oh, no, you yeah, you're going to learn to read. You're going to learn to write. And we we make sure the kids know how to do that. But I feel like at elementary school and middle school, if they we, we get this idea of, oh, I'm, I'm bad at math, therefore I can never learn it. And then we just say, oh, yeah, that's OK. And then unfortunately, and I see it at my school, there's other teachers who are like, oh, yeah, I suck at math. Like, you know, it's, we, I can't do it either. It's OK, though. That's what calculators are for. But it's like, no, we can we have to change the stigma of, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm bad at math right now. But if I put the work in and I try hard and I work with my teacher, you know, we'll, we'll get you there, you know, but we, it's this like kind of like a, a mental block for them sometimes that they just accept that, oh, I'm not good at math, but it's like, no, you, you could be good. You could be great. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. Gotta get you there. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, and for myself, my first experience coming into teaching, I came in from, you know, business uh, marketing. So it, it's really just highly financed. And so when I went into teaching, they're like, well, you have enough hours to be you know, math teacher. So we'll put you in math. I was like, all right. And so they threw me in a classroom, mind you, no, no teaching experience at all. I was going through alternative certification program. Yeah. But I mean, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable with the subject. I'm okay. But going back to what you're saying, you know, it is important also to know your students and really try and personalize the, the learning process for them because coming in and coming in with that business sense is like, okay, mm -hmm. I've got 27 different customers that I have to sell algebra one to. And although this is the only way that I may know it, because yeah. obviously uh, I'm going to revert back to going my comfort zone, which is this yeah. is the way I was taught. So this is the way I'm going to teach it. Mm -hmm. However, I learned real quick that even though I taught it a certain way, 
I had students that were not going to understand it that way. So I kind of had to adapt. And then as I'm teaching, I'm learning at the same time as well. Yeah, so yeah. that way you can go ahead and help all of your students. And I think that's something that's very important that we miss out on yeah. that, you know, we're at all different levels in that classroom as well. Yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely, you, you're saying like, yeah, I'm the one that's teaching the curriculum, but I'm always learning lifelong learner. <laughs> I'm always trying to find ways to engage these kids. And, and, um, I love the tiles and I'm glad that my school utilizes them in an effective way to help them. And it's not just with combining like terms and stuff, but it's when we get to quadratics and we're factoring and, 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 and distributing all those, it, it really, really helps them like visually see it. Whereas when I was taught I didn't have that, you know, and, but thankfully when I was taught it, it just clicked in my brain mm -hmm. and I learned how to foil when I was distributing <laughs> quadratics. And I was like, oh, foil makes sense. I still think of foiling when I do it, but I don't teach foiling now. I've never used that word in my class because that, 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 that's a, like, um, it's like a procedural way. Like, it's just mm -hmm. a quick thing for them to know. Whereas not really understanding why that actually happens, you know? And so that's why I think the tell. See, the, <laughs> and that's something else that's great too. Now, keep in mind, like, I mean, Again, I'm speaking of, I can speak of this too, because I, I have years of experience in math as a teacher. And I'm realizing, like I said, when I met my math content specialist, I realized, man, a lot of those procedural things like that we think of real quick, yeah, they make sense in the ability to just do the problem quickly, yeah. but there's no thought into, well, yeah. why am I doing this? And what does this really represent? So we've got, you know, usually it's what is it it's when they do fractions and then they multiply fractions and then they do the crisscross and they yeah. do all this other yeah. stuff yep because <laughs> later on that once you put that negative in front of that fraction it's gonna mess things up yeah. but again in the lower grade levels it's like well this is the way i teach it because it, it makes it easy but yeah, we need to quick. go yeah yeah we need to go into the concept and that's so important yeah i was just talking it's so funny because i have a student who is in a pre-cal now she's a senior and she is, uh, I had her as a freshman in my algebra one class. And when I teach slope, for example, I know in middle school, when I was taught slope is rise over run, it's a fraction rise over run, that's it. And I never use that term in my class rise over run, because of the fact that a slope can either go up, if it's positive, then yeah, you're rising. But if it's negative, then you're not rising, you're falling. And so this so students get in their brain, oh, rise over run rise, oh, I always got to go up. So whatever that number is, I'm always going up. But it's not always going to be going up. It's because it's dependent on if your slope is positive or negative, like things like that. And so I instead, it was so funny because I haven't seen, I haven't taught her math for a freshman year, so three years now. And she goes, oh yeah, Mr. Roscoe never said that. He said delta Y over delta X. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what I teach him. And then I said, what does that mean again? And she goes, oh, the change in change. Y, change over X. And I was like, yes, like that's, that's what I want you to think of slope as. It's where, how are we changing in the Y? then how do we change in the X? And that's, and again, it's easier just to say rise over run or in geometry, we, um, the big one is Sokotoa for sine, cosine and tangent. And it's like, yeah, we can learn these quick things, but I want you to actually know what they mean and where it comes from and what's the point of it, you know? And so, yeah. And, and it's, and I don't mind them learning, especially with Sokotoa. Yeah. Learn that right before the final, I'll teach them that little thing. Mm -hmm. Sure. So when the final, they remember the leading up, it's like, no, what is sine? Like, tell me what sine is, what's the fraction equaling, you know? And so, yeah.
That's a weird no, <laughs> man, I I can nerd out with you like for <laughs> I know. a whole hour just I was talking say, about this. <laughs> I did a bunch of news interviews this past summer uh, about uh, of me going viral for a minute and and on the radio. I never got to like actually talk about the math, so this is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure because it's like, oh no, let's just talk about the videos because yes, I mean, yeah. we can't go deep like this, you know. So that's yeah. great, and that's what I love that I can make that connection with you. Yeah, and coming yeah. in through my experience as well, and and yeah. doing that. So, yeah, yeah you know, so. There's some of those things, like I said, going back to building them up in elementary mm -hmm. and then building building them up into high school. Uh, the model that we use, or at least our, our math content specialist has implemented or trying to implement, you know, for the last six years is the CPA model, which is mm. starting off with the concrete, you know, d the manipulatives and then working their way to the pictorial and you can do a concrete oh. pictorial. So the students then will actually draw the representation. So we walked into this amazing uh, second grade classroom and the teacher, all the kids were sitting in little groups of four. They all had their base 10 blocks out and everything. And so she would put a number up and they were just working up to the hundreds. So it was, you know, hundreds, tens and ones. And she would put a number up. And then um, the kiddos on their paper, obviously they had the place value chart. So they would go ahead and line them up. And it was just amazing to see the mm. kiddos just really excited that yeah. they are constructing a number. Now, they may not understand the full on concept yet, but they're mm. seeing how this yeah. matches up. And then the next task was like, okay, I'm gonna give you the number, but what I want you to do is now, instead of using the blocks, I want you to draw. Mm -hmm. the representation so it was nice yep. for them to see and and so then they make that association that anytime they they'll see that that square the full-on square they'll see they'll that, that's already like their hundreds and then yeah. they draw a little line that's their tens and then the tiny little square that'll be their ones yeah and then for them to be able to do that it, it was just wonderful and amazing and then the the last task which really blew my mind she says okay we're going to go into a bigger number and you may not have enough blocks, yep. but I want you all to work <laughs> together. And it, it was still in the hundreds. I think it was like maybe like 732. So all four kids get up because you had limited blocks and then they're thinking, okay, here's 700. So it's like, okay, we need seven of these. But what I loved, and this is what where that aha moment was like, this is what we need more was when they didn't have enough hundreds what they did is they just counted out the tens and formed their own hundred. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. And then they counted up the, 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 and if they didn't have enough tens, they counted up yeah. 10 little ones and they're like, okay, here we have 700. Now we got to work on 30. And that to me was, yeah, the, these kids understand that's it. That's so awesome. They that, get it. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the whole point is that aha moment. And I'm learning now that that CPA thing, that's what my book and, my fellow teachers we do at our school i didn't yep. know it had a name that's exactly what we do we, yeah we start with very simple expressions so they yeah. can use the tiles and then i increasingly make them more um and the quantity increase so now now instead of just three or four x's now they need 27 or 44 yeah. and then they're like miss roscoe i don't have enough tiles i'm okay well think about it like you visualize that you have them still but now think about what's actually happening so they can kind of move from the tiles like you're saying just to the more abstract just solving it on paper that's awesome yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> that's and cool so, to know that they do it in second grade <laughs> yeah and and so that's the goal and so yeah. it, essentially the conversation is with upper grades it's like look mm -hmm. you, you don't have to go through the whole model yeah. but he said you can do just concrete abstract concrete abstract he said the pictorial don't worry about it too much uh, you know up in the upper grades but yeah. he said and he mentioned this and he says it himself look the one year 
in a previous school district that I did not do concrete was my worst year that I had scores. But when I brought it back, even though it was just concrete, abstract, concrete, abstract, the kids did great and performed. So let's go back a little bit. And and I missed this point in the conversation because you mentioned a couple of things here where you said you give all the students tiles, Mm -hmm. but eventually the goal is kind of wean them off. They kind of take themselves off. And we actually had a conversation this week saying, you know, these, these supports, it's like, if it's, it's, it's good for all students. So yeah. in other words, we said, okay, this is our, our net that we're going to go ahead and put all our students in here. They're all going to use the tiles, but eventually, you know, those that, you know, don't need them anymore, we can go ahead and take them out of their net, but we're still covering those that do need those additional mm-hmm. supports. One of the things here in Texas is that tier one instruction they, in order for a student to be able to use manipulatives on the state exam is that tier one has to use them. So a lot of times many teachers may feel very reluctant to use those manipulatives, but yet then when it comes test time, it's like the kids are, the kids are losing out, you know, we're, we're, we're not giving them the full, full on uh, what's all the tools that they need for success. So that's one of the components of the th- the thought process of we need to bring them all out. Event- and then the question is always, well, why am I going to use them if not everybody's going to be able to use them on the test? Well, we understand that, but it, you're still building that concept. And like you said, you're going to have those kids that are going to be picking up on it real quick. They yeah. won't need them, but the students that will need them, they will be able to use them on that state exam. And I think that's something that's very important there. Yeah, I know. I wish my kids could use them on the state exam. They can't in our state either uh, in California, but that's not until like April. And so mm-hmm. again, it's the hope is that they start to wean off of it and eventually get it. And for, but just for any quiz or, or tests in my class, any assessments that um, I create with my department and we, we administer, mm-hmm. we let them use it because why not? Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a tool. I, we also let them have a calculator with them. That's another tool to use. And it's how they access those tools to help them reach that higher level of thinking. That's all we're going after. Oh, that is awesome. I love that, Jordan. Man, that that just makes my heart happy just hearing that, you know? So yeah, that's wonderful. Oh man. Okay, so Jordan, before we we get into, because again, like I said, for initially I saw, I was like, man, this guy is great on math. And then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, this guy is all around, like news is <laughs> everywhere. I'm know, all over and, the place. <laughs> and making videos and everything. And ma- and that's why I titled the show, A, Making Math Go Viral. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that. Where did the idea come from to just really say, okay, this is what I need to create or I want mm-hmm. to create something to engage my students? You know, let, walk me through that process yeah. or that idea. <laughs> so when um, COVID happened and, and we all, the schools got shut down that March of 2020, um, we needed, a, or I needed a way to to have a way to access the content to my kids. And I had always wanted to start a YouTube channel, never had the time because teaching just sucks all your um, personal lifetime away. <laughs> and I always wanted to make it though. So when I'm all of a sudden at home and the world's shut down and there's nothing to do, I was like, why don't I finally try to, create this and get this going. So I started up my YouTube channel, that math magician. I had a terrible profile logo that I made myself. And then eventually I reached out to my brother and my brother got it done for me. And he just made an amazing profile picture that I was so happy for. Uh, But I started then creating some tutorials for my kids 
we were trying to still give them problems for that like like two months that um april and may we were trying to still give them a little content and it was a nice way for me to still deliver that content um over zoom because it's incredibly hard as a math teacher to teach virtually because you need to write like you need to write and see their work and super super difficult um so i started just making those videos from that and then throughout the whole i, I was um that following year the 20 20 2021 school year we were distance learning the entire year so we did not i never met those kids in person um and so i was always in this room teaching i have my tablet with me and was always screen sharing all the stuff that i'm doing and then i just kept making videos for them things that they could call back to um because it's a great supplement to the actual instruction and there's always some confusion like well you know um math is an as an active like active thing you have to be a part of you have to actively participate can't just passively sit and watch a video and learn. And that's super, super true. And what my, my hope is for my videos is that they're being taught the stuff in their class. They go home, they're struggling with their homework. Mom and dad forgot how to, you know, factor a quadratic because they haven't done it in 20 years. They can hop on my YouTube channel, see a quick video, and it kind of just re-sparks their brain up, you know? So that's at least the hope. So I just kept chugging out videos, chugging out videos. And then when we finally came back to school, um, last year, I, I had made the TikTok account because my students were like, Mr. Roski, you have to make a TikTok. Like everyone's on there. So I made the TikTok. And then I just started. Initially, it was just like silly math dad jokes that I would tell. And I would I would have the camera on me and you could hear their reactions, their groans and their moans. And they're like, oh, you're, you suck and all that stuff. <laughs> but it was super fun. And then this year, when I started teaching, I was like, you know, I've never... I've never shown a video of me actually teaching. Like it's always been funny stuff like me just telling jokes with the kids or, you know, making TikTok trend videos with my students to kind of engage with them, you know? And so this past year I was like, well, why don't I like show that aspect of it? Why don't I show how I'm teaching? And it just happened to be the algebra tiles that I was starting off with. And so when I made that video, um, I was actually with my parents that night at this um, event. And I was like, I was like, mom, dad, I was like, look, like this video, I said, I left the house and it was at like 5,000 views. Now it's at 10,000. And then we, we eat our tacos and I look back and I'm like, it's at 30,000, it's at 40,000. And now it's almost at a million views of me teaching with these tiles. And I'm like, what the heck? It's just insane, super insane. But, but going back, my, my hope for my, my TikTok and my Instagram accounts is that as the kids are scrolling, they might scroll and hit a video of mine and they might learn something. It might refresh something in their brain. They might get a little math for like 45 seconds. That's the hope. <laughs> but yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> oh, but that's wonderful. And I love that. I mean, yeah. we need more of that. And and I think that's the other component. You know, I know the mission and vision of this show is always to connect educators and creators one show at a time. But to yeah. see lately, I've been finding a lot of educator creators or edutators. I don't know what I want to name yeah, it. <laughs> but anyway, but you know, it, it's wonderful that we find educators that are stepping outside the box and yeah. really just putting themselves out there and giving resources to help educate others. And like I said, when I found you, I was like, man, this this is legit. Like I mean, yeah. this is wonderful. This is <laughs> the you. mission that we're trying to yeah. do. And there's somebody else out there that's doing it. And then we can use it as an example and say, look, you know, I know that maybe this may be something new, but it's to you, but it's not something that is new to others. And then we yeah, can explain yeah. and show and share how you use them. And even in that video that I saw the first one, um, I remember you said, oh, I, 
I did a problem. It was too big. I don't have enough tiles, but and then you said, maybe I'll make it a little smaller next time. Yeah. But I was like, that's so real. I mean, hey, yeah. oh, I feel you know what? Those are some of the things that we will run into as Yeah. Teachers. Oh my gosh. But, I made, I made that worksheet over the summer and I was, <laughs> I was prepping like, oh, I'm going to be such a good teacher. Then I got in the moment. I was like, I need, I put too many tiles. Why did I write these many? So I'm yeah. never trying to count as many as I can. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, again, just that realness of it, but the fact yeah. that you're using it and the, the students are engaged because the yeah. students were answering and you're going through step by step and then the uh, the most recent video too that i caught was um the one with functions and the, the yeah. function machine and i just love the way that you explain it you know and and just Thank making you. things so simple and to understand in that one minute to two minutes on tiktok and i think for a lot of our students that's the way they're learning now i mean I we need to really teach as quickly as possible the concept and then give them a break into like okay here's what we did now yeah. you practice Okay, now let's come back and fix any misconception. Now let's practice two more. All right, we see the mastery and then you can go walk around and then come back to me and then let's practice one more time and then that's it. You know, engage them instead of just being that sage on the stage where you have yeah. an hour night, uh, an hour and 30 minutes here in our in our school district, hour 30 minutes of oh, just wow. getting in the front. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the students are going to be checked out, you know, within yeah. 10 probably. <laughs> Yeah, we do. We do 140 minutes at my school. We have a oh, wow. hundred minute block. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, you don't want to hear me talk for hundred minutes. I don't want to hear myself talk for hundred minutes. So normally those videos that I'm capturing, that's like the warm up, the first mm -hmm. like 10, 20 minutes of it. Um, really most of the classes that they work in groups, they are discovering the curriculum on their own. And I'm just kind of floating around helping them access that, you know, and it's, and it's tough and it's really hard for them at times because they're so used to, like you said, the sage on the stage yeah. is telling them what they need to know. And what we're trying to get them to do is to figure it out on their own, to, to try to discover the math on their own with what they already know, mm -hmm. kind of pushing them a little bit every day and to figure it out in their groups and to really work and talk. Cause like you said, like we, we need to talk in math, right? We need to collaborate. It's such a collaborative, um, 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 what is it? Educational branch that we have to use, you know, it's not like you're reading by yourself, you know, it's like you have to actively work to do to to learn this stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, they don't want to hear me talk for 100 minutes. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> and, and I was gonna ask you, do you do any by any chance include any writing in your math course? I'm like, no, I probably should do more of that. Yeah, I mean, we do definitely at the end of the class, we have learning logs that we do. Okay. And I mean, I, I, now I just think about it. I guess we do. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we, we, we have a learning log. Usually the last problem is asking them to basically summarize what they learned or, or go back to a, the initial problem and see, okay, now can we fix that? And how, how can we now do it? Because initially we didn't know how to do it. But over the course of that 100 minute period, now, now you know. So what, what clicks for you? What's working for you? I love that. It's a beautiful reflection piece at the yeah. end. And then they can go ahead and write out, you know, their thought process yeah. and see. And that's one of the things that for me, it wasn't until later on in my career in the classroom before I transitioned mm -hmm. was the thought process of students. When when I took myself off of the, that stage and just became that facilitator and yeah. allowed them to discover, like you said, the curriculum and working in groups and so on, I was in awe of mm -hmm. the thought process of every student because no two students are alike. Well, there may be some, but maybe they weren't in that same group, but then it allowed me now to make that connection of how to present concepts or new materials to that specific type of thought process and then the other thought process. And it made me a better teacher because I was able to present the material in many different ways. And like you said, we're lifelong learners. Mm -hmm. And so 
just to be able to learn from my students was very valuable. So that reflection piece, I know that that's definitely valuable for you too as well. Very huge. (laughs) Excellent. All right. So Jordan, let's go ahead and because I'm a big fan and we were kind of nerding out here, I'm going to go ahead and pull up that shared screen. Oh yeah. Just for our audience members that may be watching or catching us on the replay and watching this, and I'll probably make this a little clip too as well. You're going to give us a little demonstration of what it is that you do, but this is going to be with virtual tiles. So let me go ahead and bring this up here real quick and let's go ahead and share. Let's see here. Add to stream. Yeah. All right. All right. There you go. So Perfect. we've got our expression here. And so it is 2x plus 3 plus 3x plus 7 minus x minus 4. All right, Lots Jordan. Walk going on. Process. Yeah. So normally we would use actual physical tiles. And when, when I did distance learning, we tried to use these virtual tiles. It's through my book that we use CPM. And I put a link in this um, in the chat so you can share it later too. Um, but you can use these tiles virtually to help you. Um, it did not go over so well virtually with them because it's just they need that tactile manipulative with them. Um, but what's really nice is I'm just going to do a quick introduction of these tiles. So we always start off with our unit tile there. It's the one tile and we call it the unit tile because it all the sides are a length of one. That's kind of like how we define the unit tile. Their length is one. And then what we do is we throw out this X tile and we don't I don't tell them it's called the X tile initially. What I asked them to do is to, to take that and then figure out what they notice about the X tile. And so when they have it on their desk, they'll take the little blue tile and they'll line it up with that side and they'll go, oh, well, that matches exactly like that links up perfectly. So then if this side length on my unit tile was one, then the X tile, right, that, that little uh, side length there must also be one because they're both matching up exactly, right? And so that's kind of big for them to realize. Then I say, okay, well, now find the other side, that longer side. And so then what they do is they start grabbing some of these unit tiles and what they notice is, is that they're not all the way lining up. Let me see if I can zoom in just a little bit more and make sure we can really see that. There we go. Nice and big. Um, they notice that it doesn't line up exactly, right? It hangs over a bit. And so then I start to ask them, okay, well, then what is that length? Because we know the top length is one, right? What, what's that side length going to be? And then they're going to say, oh, well, it looks like maybe two point, I don't know, two point, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, 2.8, maybe 2.7. We don't know. And so I tell them, since we don't know the length, right? And we don't have an actual number for that. What do we use in math to, 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 to show that we don't know what the integer is? And then they realize, oh, we use a letter. We're going to call it X. That's why we have this as our X tile. And so it's a good way for them to understand why we use X in math. Because everyone's always, I always hear, you know, math was easy until the letters started showing up. The letters are just numbers we don't know. I have no idea how long this side length is for this tile. So since I don't know what it is, we'll call it X. And then we do the same thing with Y. And then I'm not going to throw the Y tile in, but we do the same thing. We notice that, oh, I, I also can't figure out how long this Y tile is. But I also know it's not the same as this other X tile. And so that's when they start to learn, oh, I need another letter. <laughs> I can't just call this one X as well because they're not the same. And so it's a really nice visual way for them to start to understand that. So anyway, this is fun, by the way. I really like talking about math like this. <laughs> okay, so... When we get to these expressions now, and so I, we give them something like this that says 2x's plus 3 plus 3x's, I tell them to build it out with the tiles. Like physically get your tiles, put it on your table, and let's see if we can start combining it. So I ask them, okay, we need 2x tiles, so we get the 2x tiles. And then we want three of the unit tiles, so we grab three. 
and they have to practice building out the expression so they can visually see what's happening. And so I'll build it out real quick. We got our three X's and then look at me still making one, an expression with a bunch of tiles. It's okay. We can watch me pull seven. No, it's all good. This is great. I love it. Yeah. So then we have our seven tiles here and then we get to minus X. And so on the physical tiles, when you flip them over every single tile here and all of these tiles, they're like, we have them in a bag for them. When you flip them over, they're all red and the red side sort of signifies that it's a negative term. And so on this, if I double click, nope, not double click, if I just tap it, then it's showing that, oh, well, that's a negative X tile. So now I can show that as that's negative X. And then if I have minus four, I can grab, and I might cheat here and just copy and paste because I'm getting lazy now. There we go. <laughs> I have my four tiles, but it's negative four. So now I have those there as well. So that's our whole expression sort of built out. And so we kind of go over it. Okay, we have two X's plus three, plus three X's plus seven, minus an X, minus a four. And so then, then when we say, okay, let's start combining like terms, they can visually see, right? Like terms, another word for like tiles, group up the tiles that are similar. Let's start figuring out what we have. Because, and if I just focus on the first two terms, the two X plus three, a lot of time in, in my class, when they see two X plus three, they write five X's. They say, oh, two X plus three is five X's. And then I show them when we take these tiles here and we group them up, right? Is that the same as having five X tiles? And then I actually like grab these tiles and show them. Like, I don't think you're saying, right, two X plus three is five X's, but this is five X's. This right here is not five X's, right? And so we can't combine those. And that's a big thing for them to realize that, oh, I can't combine X's and numbers because they're not the same tile. They're not the same term. And that's super, super important for them to figure out. So at once they, once they get that done, then they go, okay, well, let me start just grouping them together. So then I tell them, grab all your X's and kind of put them together in the same spot. Grab all your unit tiles, kind of put them together in the same spot and now start thinking about what you have, right? And so then they go, okay, well, I, I see that I have five positive X tiles, but then I have one negative X tile, right? And then they go, okay, over here, I can see that I have 10 unit tiles that are positive, but then I have minus four. And then the big thing that we teach them in, in our CPM curriculum is that when you have a positive tile and a negative tile that are the same, they zero out. And it's a big word. I like to use zero out. I don't like to use the word cancel that much because um, math teachers use cancel a lot and they use it for canceling fractions out. And when you're dividing by the same number, oh, it cancels. And oh, when we add and subtract the same number, it cancels. And it's not really understanding what's happening. So when I have a positive X and I take away an X, that's becoming zero. It zeroes out. One minus one is zero. And once we have those, then we can move them off the screen. And that's kind of a big thing for them to realize, oh, I only have four X's, right? And then if I can grab, let's see if I can grab a, a text box real quick to just kind of show that. We have two, whoops, I can't type and talk at the same time, right? So then when they realize two X's plus three X's, take away that X, those are all the X tiles there, it ends up just being four X's. And so we always try to make that connection. Well, two plus five is, I mean, two plus three is five, five minus one, that's where those four X's come from. And so again, it's the hope is that eventually they can do that expression without the tiles, right? We don't want them to keep pulling out these tiles, but initially it's just super helpful for them to visually see, oh, I grab the X tiles, I combine them, any positive and negatives, they zero out. And then we do the same thing over here on the unit tiles, right? There's a pair of that are gonna zero, we just put them away off our table. We just keep doing that 
until we're left with no more positives and negatives. And then they can get their final answer, which would end up being, what is this? 4X plus, I can't count, six. <laughs> and so that's the, that's the really cool part about these tiles is that it helps them get to that point of combining them. And it really, really helps their brains to understand that I can't combine an X term and a number term, a constant. They are not the same thing. But yeah, but that's algebra tiles. <laughs> you know, and what I love, Jordan, that really blew my mind is I had never visually seen that. And maybe it could be, I don't know if it, no, it should be in the other virtual tiles that I use. But I love that explanation as far as the X and the Y not being the same size. And then, of course, with the units not being the same size. And that right there just really added an additional component to yeah. what I'm already learning and doing and definitely be sharing but I love the construction of this, but mo also I love that reflection piece where you brought them out and then now, okay, let's write out this side of the equation, what you have, and you're making that connection, building out the other side and seeing what you have. Yeah. And I I loved it. I, yeah. I loved it. This is something that's great. And I think even with one or two of these problems, that could be that, okay, here's the the initial teach. Now you guys practice and then you walk around, come yeah. back and you know, getting them engaged, but, and that was an absolutely yeah. great, great demo. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yeah. That really blew my mind. And I'm going to share <laughs> that clip with our math content, especially yes, because we'll awesome. probably, we'll probably be sharing it in our Google classrooms with our math teachers as Perfect. well. So that's I'll just say, I have to shout out Gail Stanford. She was the one who taught me these tiles. She is the only reason why I'm halfway decent with them is all her. <laughs> she had to, it was a lot of PD sessions of her trying to, to teach me because initially I was like, why do they need this? Like, just look at the X's, add them, subtract them, do it. But because that it just clicks for me that way. But for our students, they it, it, once it's foreign to them, they need something they can actually touch. And it's just really nice to see that. Man, yeah. Jordan. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the show yeah. uh, this morning. I know it's very early over there, but thank yeah, you so much great. for your energy. Thank you so much yeah. for what you're doing for your students. And just with the math, I mean, you are definitely doing some great things. And I must commend you because what you're doing with the algebra tiles and just bringing that greater understanding and making students feel comfortable and maybe even helping students realize like, hey, I am a math person. Yes, yeah. I can do this. And building that confidence, that really will help a lot of our students hopefully continue in some STEM fields just because some of them may be scared. Like, oh, I'm not a math person. I can never do that. But now with this, I mean, the it opens up a lot of doors. So I'm just very thankful for you. Now, before we finish the show, this is yeah. one of my favorite parts where now we kind of, kind of as we wrap up the show, we get a little fun here. And so I'll always ask my guests the following three questions here. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you're ready. Yeah. So question number one, in the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Mm, current edu kryptonite. It's a good question. I would say, hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> My current edu kryptonite with just the current school system is not having enough time. I I always feel like, and, and it's my, it's, I did a funny video one time on my TikTok of my kids impersonating me. And one of them was like, all right, guys, welcome to class. We're behind. And then she was, and, and I was like, oh, do I say that a lot? And she was like, yeah, Miss Roscoe, every time you would be in class, you would say, oh, we're behind. We need to be where we need to be. And I wish that, I could slow it down more. It might be more on me than the actual curriculum, you know, but I always feel like I'm trying to like keep this pace going 
And because we got to hit all these standards before we take that, that, you know, state test at the end of the year. And I'm always freaking out like, okay, I got to keep the pacing going, pacing going. And I wish that we could slow it down enough for the students pace that they need to be at. And I know that that probably would never happen because we have to keep pushing them, you know, but I wish that we could slow it down enough so that every student got an equitable amount of time that they needed to access the curriculum, to, to learn it on their own, to discover it and not be having me apparently just say, we're out of time every time I come in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So maybe more time or maybe just yeah. tweaking the curriculum enough to where you don't feel so much pressure. I mean, yeah. and you're still covering, but you're right. I mean, you have to cover those standards and I know every teacher finds himself in, like, okay, we got to be here. We got to be here and so on. But yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. All right, next question, Jordan. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Well, it would have to say stream math rap by that math magician. I don't we even have a chance to talk about it, but I kind of blew up this summer because I made a math rap at the end of the last year. Uh, my my students, I always joke that I can that I can rap in class and I make like very corny math like references. And they're like, Mr. Oscar, you're terrible. And I was like, I can make a math rap. I could actually do this. This is very easy. And then I said that and then I actually had to do it. Uh, but then when I did it, it kind of blew up this summer. I got to go on all the local news stations around here, even on the radio station, our local um, hip hop station. I got to go on there and actually do a little freestyle for them. So I was just living my my dream <laughs> this past summer. And then I even got an article through ABC that kind of went nationwide. So that was super cool. Very cool to see. Um, awesome. I'll look at my mom chiming in. That's my mom. <laughs> Aww, Paula, thank you so much for yeah. joining. Your my parents, son, they're, they're, I love them to death. Your <laughs> son is awesome. Your son is awesome. All right. So now I'm going to have to put you on the spot now. Yeah. Because uh, you said you do a little bit of freestyling. Oh, my. Nope. Okay. Wait. Let me, let me preface that. The freestyle I did, they told me about, and I made it on my phone prior to going <laughs> okay no, no no worries it's all good but maybe like just for our audience members and and uh you know all that'll be listening maybe if you can give us a couple of uh of bars there of what you share and you know j we're just having some fun and again I, I, again i love what you're doing because you're making math go viral so yeah. if we could just get a little bit of uh, of taste a little taste there of um the some math wraps here wow you, that is actually putting me on the spot and i'm what i'm doing is i'm going to my uh lyrics that i had typed yeah. up for one of my songs because i cannot at all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and freestyle um but for my my first math rap i actually talk about algebra and we talk about um um solving for x and all that stuff so anyway i have to give myself a little beat so i can go um i said uh wait i gotta figure one two ready go there's a system. What's the solution? Elimination or substitution? Trying to find where these lines intersect. Check your graph. We want to be correct. <laughs> so that was just kind of talking about how we use elimination, substitution to figure out, you know, where two lines intersect. So there you trying go. to make it a little relatable. <laughs> hey, but that's awesome, you know, and that's what we need. And again, for all our learners that are out there, I mean, honestly, I mean, they, they learn so quickly. They learn through video. They learn yeah. their, 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 all sorts of visual, like hands-on, all sorts of learners. But the fact that you're hitting a lot of those components and yeah. in a combination with the curriculum, that's great. And I really commend you for that. And the fact that you're not scared to step out of your that box and be yeah. yourself. But in the end, the goal is to help your students succeed. And, you know, if yeah. that's what it takes, that you're doing an amazing job. And I definitely you. admire you for that. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. I just I, I just released a song called MX plus B and it's all about graphing a line. And I actually the music video premiered yesterday 
and I had my my school has a it's called DVTV. It's a they put on the news every day for us. They do the morning announcements, but they film it. And it's kind of like a news program they got. I pulled kids from there that me. I'd actually pull them. They 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 asked if they could help, and I said yes, please help. I you know grab as many as you can, and they did the whole video for me. They helped me with it, and they were uh, uh, super excited. They had we had a fog machine at one point, a strobe light. It was just going crazy. Um, but it's literally how to graph a line, talking about you need the y-intercept, you need the slope, and it's in a three-minute song. And I'm hoping that you know a kid can hear it, maybe memorize a little bit of it. And then on a test, it might come back to them like, oh, I need this. I need this. I, I got to maybe I got to rise. Maybe I got to fall with the slope, you know, so I'm hoping it, it hits them. <laughs> yeah. No. And again, I love it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to definitely put those links up there, oh. the, the pod page and everything. So everybody can reach out to you and check those out and check those videos out. But also, I definitely encourage anybody to follow Jordan okay. on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, definitely TikTok so you can see the videos. And yeah. if you're interested in more kind of uh, algebra tile action, definitely go to TikTok where you can kind of see what he's doing in class and doing those warm ups and everything, just in case you're curious and maybe yeah. want to implement. Hey, I, and I'm pretty sure Jordan might be, would you be willing, like if somebody like reached out to you and say, yeah. hey, would you be able to help? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They can definitely reach out. That math magician, all one word across all my social media. And I also have a playlist on my YouTube page about, um, uh, algebra tiles, sort of introducing them. And I did it because for my students, I always want them to have that with them. You know, um, I, I, I made a whole video about it and there's about, um, playlists. I mean, there's a bunch of videos that people can watch too, to kind of understand how they work. Yeah. Okay. They're great tools. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Last question. Yeah. All right. Let's say that this was uh, the math magician podcast this morning and I was a guest on your show. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? Yes. Oh, that's a good question. I would. Oh, if I had my own podcast, which I've actually have thought about, my students say I need to make my own podcast. Do it. I'm like, I'm like, but what time? I have no time. I'm also in school getting my master's right now. I'm like, I have no time to do any of this. Um, <laughs> but I would probably ask. I would. I if I imagine my last question would probably be for each guest. How do you, or how do you try to find the magic in math? That would be my question because math can be very magical. Mm -hmm. Well, what's a how how could you find the magic in math, or when 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 was there a time that you did find the magic in math? Well, for me, like I, I've always been a math person, and yeah. so I've always found math to be very magical. And to be honest with you, okay, so and this may really age me big time, but it doesn't matter. I don't care. But when I was teaching, uh, from I went from all the way from high school, and then I went into elementary. The first thing that I did before I even started teaching my curriculum and teaching math is I would share a movie called Donald in Math yes. Magic Land. <laughs> I, every year, that was the first thing that I did at yep. the beginning of the year for all my students that although it seemed cheesy and corny and very outdated, yeah. what they showed there as far as how to, the connections with math, making it relatable in, in back then in the, in the terms that they had, but with construction and of course the Fibonacci sequence that yes. you, you've got all of that. A lot of the students were like, Wow, you know, I never thought about this. And of course, you know, they, they never do because it's not part of our curriculum at that given time. Mm -hmm. But that's the way that I would help kind of add that little magic per se, making those connections and kind of priming them up to have an open mind to not just think about what three plus two is, but yeah. to see what three plus two can do. And then uh, one of the things that I love too is when we would do our walks, when we were doing, um, uh, area, we I would take all the kids outside of the school or outside of my classroom 
be like, all right, guys, I need you either to, and back then, I mean, they all have devices for the most part. And so it's, since it was BYOD, it's like, I want you to take pictures of math. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Anything that you see, you know, yeah. that you think is math, I want you to take pictures of it. And so cool. <laughs> I, I didn't really give them like what to look for. And then they just started snapping away. And then we'd come back and we review and say, hey, is this math? Is this not math? So then all of a sudden you'd see some kids that were, you know, just taking pictures of the floor tiles. We had kiddos that were taking pictures of the extinguisher. And people were like, well, why are you taking pictures of the extinguisher? He's like, ah, because of the shape. But also, if you notice here, it says how many ounces, you mm -hmm. know, and so on, milk yeah. cartons, things of that sort. So it was amazing because, again, it allowed me to see how they think about math yeah. and at least making it visual but also for them to have fun and make those connections to the real world experience yeah. as well. So that's how I loved bringing the math magic into the classroom. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> I, I will say I show that video probably once a year, usually when I need a break, <laughs> like it's usually before a grading period. I'm like, Oh God, please, Donald Duck can teach for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, video. but it's such a great video. It really I is. And I love it. I love it. I can watch that all the yeah. time. <laughs> all right, Jordan. Well, thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. making the time that. out of your day to be here. It really filled my heart with joy just to hear you talk, you hear your enthusiasm, hear how you are bringing, you know, math to a, a new level with making math go viral with your videos, the enthusiasm you put into it with the math tiles and just your heart. And I can really tell that you, you definitely have a heart for this. And I wish I you the best as you work on your master's and continued success, my friend. Thank you so much. But before we go also, please, again, if you can let our audience members know where you, they can go ahead and find you on your socials. So go ahead and plug away, yeah. my friend. I, I mean, everywhere, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything you can think of. It's just that math magician. One word, all stuck together, lowercase. Find me there. And you'll, you'll, you might come across some lame, corny math dad jokes at times. But I'm hoping we can get some more math content out to everybody. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you all also as well for joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, Ms. Orozco, thank you so much for joining us too as well. Thank you so much to Sherry also for joining us. We had Tanya joining us. And for anybody that's going to be watching and listening to this podcast uh, later on as well, as always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all of your continued support. Please make sure that you visit our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, so you can catch this amazing episode and other amazing episodes where you can go ahead and find some amazing teacher practice, some amazing enthusiasm from wonderful educators and creators from around the world that can definitely help you sprinkle on some a little, a little additional sauce to what you're already doing great. And also, please make sure you stop by our merch store where you can get some Maya Tech Life merch. Uh, fall and winter is around the corner. We've got some great hoodies. So if you want to support our show and support our mission of connecting educators and creators one show at a time, please stop by our store. And, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate your support. And thank you, as always, from the bottom of my heart for everything that you guys do. And my friends, until next time, don't forget, stay techie. Y'all take care. <laughs>